I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. But, you know, I would use him in, like, really, like, hey, we're getting blown out, go give us an inning or two. Basically how they've been using Jordan Lyles to this point. Yeah. Who's not much of an improvement, but, you know, I mean, he can't be worse, can he? Yeah, can he? I was going to say, are you sure about that, pal? Yeah, so, uh... And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric LeBou. How's it going, Eric? Going great. Great. A lot better than you. Uh, yeah. Let's let's set the scene here. You got your, your oh, yes. knee in a our, cast. Our, yeah, our, weekly, in a uh, our weekly follies in adult baseball. So I hit a ground ball up the middle. The second baseman makes a nice stab instead of just letting it go through. And then throws it wild. The first baseman doesn't wait for me to clear the bag. He just turns and then I pancake him. And lo and behold, I uh, I uh, dislocated my kneecap. <laughs> dislocated the kneecap. So no. you were already working on a uh, yeah, cold hammy. hammy. Yeah, the hammy feels good. The hammy, I think, is uh, back to normal. But Shout out to the SD Marlins, by the way. <laughs> yes. Big win for us this week. And I also found out that about um, over half the team listens to this podcast. That so confirms my thought that they're just as dumb as I thought they were. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's enough adult league talk because uh, Jagoff has already turned off. But... Um, yeah, Danny's Danny's uh, busted. So. Yeah, yeah, my knee uh, is. Uh, they <laughs> took X-rays yesterday. I went into urgent care because I could not walk. Yeah. So they took some X-rays. They said my kneecap popped out and slid back in, but not all the way in. So I now have a misaligned kneecap. That's uh, the only time my... you slid back in this yeah, year. That's uh, very true. <laughs> Shut up, you jerk. Uh, but so uh, right now you're about as useful as Chase Headley, baby, because pre- Chase Headley is gone. Pretty Thank much. The yeah. Lord. My knee has been DFA'd, as has Chase Headley. He is Thank no God. longer on the team. He has been cut. I still released. remember exactly where I was when I found out the news. You were on the toilet out. taking a shit no. <laughs> no, I put this out on Twitter. It's kind of a joke, but it was actually real. Um, I was pulling into the parking lot at Costco in La Mesa. Oh. And I'm sitting there, and my, when I'm driving with my wife, she hates when I check my phone when I'm driving. But I was at a red light, so screw it. Um, I'm sitting there, I'm going through, and I see that you tagged me. It said, uh, breaking news, miserable Padre fan climaxes. I'm like, well, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this I is weird, but out. yeah, let's see what this is. And that says, Chase Headley dfa I was like, oh my god, oh my god. And my you know, I live like, in East what? County, that explains the, <laughs> that I yeah. heard, you know, 15 yeah. miles away. Yeah, that was that was me. So. Yeah, that was a breath of fresh air, actually. You know, it's we had questioned, right, that the Padres were not going to DFA him because they didn't want to eat the $13 million. It would have looked like a failure because they have to eat probably $10 million of his of his uh, prorated contract, assuming... No team picks them up, which they're not. No, no one's going to pick them up. No. So we'd always wonder, are they going to eat that money? Because he's just taking up space. Um, and surprise, surprise, they are. Uh, Headley put up a wonderful slash of 115 on the batting average, a 233 on base, and 135 slugging for a total of 7 OPS+. plus. So <laughs> 93% below league average. You were wondering if uh, if you could hit zero or negative numbers. Chase Headley sure did try, Doug Garnett. Or... Uh, who are you, Philip Rivers? Yeah, he tried. Bad <laughs> gummit. He tried. Jesus. He tried his darndest. But we just didn't give him enough time to hit the negative. You know what? I got to give props to the Padres because that's 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 a big chunk of change to to sit there, and it's not yeah. just the money. I mean, the money's whatever at this point in time, right? But it's them coming out. They're admitting that they fucked they fucked up, yeah. right? Like that's Preller coming Oops. out. Yeah, that's Preller coming <laughs> out and saying, "Hey, 
this is a work. bad trade. Like yeah. we all know that Mitchell is trash and he's been moved to the bullpen. But not only that, hey, Headley is awful. So we're just going to eat that money. So you got to give him a little bit of props there, I think. And to their credit, we've mentioned this before, to their credit, they had a really quick hook on Headley. Yeah. So it was, okay, you're going to be our opening day guy. We'll give you, what, they give him like a week maybe? He sucked. If that. Yeah. So he v- choked the first game of the season. Yeah. So Villanueva almost is instantly handed the job. Headley's coming up as a pinch hitter. And he, I mean, to his credit, he was giving competitive at-bats. I mean, his his average and on-base have a 115-point difference. So it's not like he was, you know, giving away at-bats. He just, the only thing he could do is draw a walk. That's that's all he had. Yeah. and That's all he's had yeah. for a while, though. Yeah, for a little while. He's, he was on the downturn with the Yankees. He lost his job last year when they got uh, Todd Frazier. Yeah. Um, so... To their credit, they gave him the month of April to figure it out as a pinch hitter coming off the bench, and you know we're not even halfway through May yet, and uh, they decided to cut bait. I am very happy that he's gone, dude. I, I am too. I, I can't say it enough how happy I am that he is gone because every single time, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. This is gonna sound so dumb, but just knowing that he was sitting there in the <laughs> dugout when it was getting later in the game, and I know that I hadn't seen him the whole game, knowing it was getting down to it, and he might even be used as a pinch hitter. I'm like, Ugh, I'd God. forget he was there. Honest to God, I would forget he's there until he showed back up. I know you didn't. <laughs> I know you had your Chase Headley alarm on. Yeah, um, I, I but, had my voodoo doll that was poking. Yeah, that was poking, and it you finally know, worked. You know damn well if this was the Moore's regime or the Morad <laughs> regime, Headley would be our starting third baseman right now. If Bud Black was managing, Headley would be the starting uh, third baseman. Case in point, Vinny Castilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he started him until they cut him. So yep, and he is gone. So we will sit here and do nothing but wait until the next time he comes back on the Padres. So <laughs> <laughs> until they sign him later on this year. Yeah. Um, the corresponding move, well, other than Aswahe going down, but he's back up, and we'll touch on that in a second. The corresponding move was bringing Fran Mil Reyes yeah. up, uh, EVT podcast uh, fame toast. James Clark breaking the news that uh, Fran Mill was coming up, and lo and behold, as shocked as we were, Fran Mill has indeed come up. He's a big man, and he takes a big hack. Yeah, he sure does. And full credit to James Clark for breaking that news. I- I'm wondering how the hell he got that before that came AC, out of Dennis Lynn, Cassavell. Yeah, yeah, it came out of nowhere, man. They credited so, him for that. that they amazing. credited him. I, I was surprised and uh, kind of happy to see that because you like to see the – I mean, it, it sounds shitty when you see the, the lower men on the totem yeah. pole, but you know what I mean, they, right? They don't look at us like real media, so that was pretty cool. So I, it's cool that, yeah. I mean, one of us, uh, however you want to call it, broke that. So I'm, I'm glad that James came out with that. I'll be honest. Cause I'd I know, retire now if I were James. It ain't going to get no better. Unless you call a no-hitter, I'm done. I'm I, retiring now. I'll, I'll admit now, because I know Patrick is like, hey, for all you people that didn't ble- I didn't believe it. I didn't either. I was like, I hey. didn't either. I thought maybe he was mis- you know, fed misinformation, or maybe he, you know, read something wrong because like Vlad Jr. for instance put a picture of himself it was like a year old but he's oh, yeah. trolling he yeah. is trolling Blue Jay fans on Twitter <laughs> and put a picture of himself at the airport with a suitcase and Twitter blew up about yeah. oh he's coming Vlad Jr. is coming yeah. and it really wasn't he just wanted to see what people would say so well we all knew who, we all knew how close that Fran Mill was um, to, to getting that call and how yeah. much how badly he wanted to get that call so I don't think that that's something that he would you know screw around with and true but I mean you and I got a little bit not on purpose but when we went up uh, to our last game uh, at Elsinore, we thought, uh, I think we thought Morahone or Baez was going to start, right? I think so. One of those two guys. I think it was Baez. We thought was going to start. And yes. then when we got up there, it was actually Bolaños who oh, was yeah. starting. Yeah. And we got the information from What a letdown, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I know. Jesus we Christ. Got, I mean, you know, we saw Baez tracking pitches with the radar gun. That's yeah. close. But it's not like we were given wrong information. It's just that's what the 
media aspect of the team thought, oh yeah, you know, it's going to be biased. But really, it was as Bologna. So it could have been a situation like that where maybe he just got misinformation from a guy who wasn't in the system. But congrats to James and breaking that big news. And I'm excited for Framil. I mean, hadn't done anything yet, but it's only two games. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for James too, by the way, because you don't listen to their pod, but I listen to, the, to East Village. Don't Times take offense. I don't listen to anybody's pod. Yeah, <laughs> except for ours. Except for ours. So I listen to every one of theirs, the East Village Times. And uh, man, there was, I want to say it was a few weeks ago, a month ago, where uh, James, man, he even dropped an F-bomb because wow. he was so pumped about Fran Mill. And, wow. And for him to break that news, that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, it was very exciting. And then all of us, all of San Diego's um, collective boners deflated. We went flaccid after his uh, performance last night, going over for four to start his major league career. But I mean, you know, not everybody's going to come up and, you know, pull the Jason Hayward or the Acuna and hit home runs on their first day. Yeah, that's true. Know. And I think at the end of the day, we all need to remember that he's probably not going to be that great. He put up huge numbers in the PCL, but then again, so did Hunter Renfro. And Austin and so Hedges. So did Austin Hedges. So. so, I mean, I'm I'm not sitting here expecting him to be Hank Aaron by any means, but it's nice to see someone out there that is part of this quote-unquote hot talent lava um one of the prospects getting called up he's 22 years old he's yeah. young and now's his chance with Myers being hurt so I'll be interested to see how he uh how he performs going forward we'll see as will I credit to Matt Fires because uh you know the other uh, baseball prospectus baseball America fan graphs nobody had Reyes in their top 30 yeah and a lot of that I think had to do with injury but Matt Fires when we brought Kevin on to do his top 30 um, I think a couple of those guys, if not the the entire uh, contingent there, had him as a top 30 prospect. Um, the way I look at it is, if you look him up on uh, Fangraphs, uh, Fran Mil Reyes, they have like what he's scouted as, which is a lot of power. He's probably going to be limited in the outfield. Decent arm, probably limited speed. He looks like he's going to be a, an average regular, which I'll take. Yeah. An average regular is just fine. Anybody wants to know what that looks like? Jan Harris Solarte was an average regular. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good player. It's it's not as bad as you think. It's yeah. not a swahe. It's, you know, he's going to play every day. He's going to put up decent numbers. So And it's going to be nice when we just see him go yard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, we got to face like a team with bad pitching. What's yeah. a team that's worse than us? Bring the Dodgers in here. They're not very good. <laughs> What's a team that's worse than us? The Dodgers are only one game ahead of us going into today. So bring bring them in and maybe, maybe with Fran Miller go yard. Yeah, we'll um, see. In other news, uh, Joey Lucchese, after lounging at home plate last night, trying to... <laughs> score on a pass ball um, apparently his pride is hurt along with his hip as he is moved to the 10-day DL what's your thoughts on that Eric um I mean we were talking before we started recording but that slide dude that was embarrassing did you see that tweet last I, night where I, I, who I was not. it was it uh is it Trang was it Trang that posted that she said uh um paint me like one of your French girls <laughs> yeah I did shows, see that shows the case laying there at the plate that was embarrassing man. <laughs> So embarrassing. <laughs> like you're sitting there and it's that you see the ball get passed. Yeah, the ball bounced back to the catcher. He wasn't quickly. even off the bag. He didn't even yeah. have a secondary. He was, <laughs> he was on. He was like standing on the third base bag. It's it's like when you play uh you know uh, co-ed softball. You know you right. can't take a lead. That's how he looked when the ball got past the catcher. He was literally. 90 feet away when the ball got by. He had no shot. Yeah. Why did Hoffman send him? I don't. Maybe know. he didn't send him, and Lucchese thought he could go on his own. He is for a guy who has. And I said this off air, for a guy who has a herky-jerky delivery that has to take some level of athleticism to continually repeat consistently, he is by far the most unathletic runner I've ever seen. Yep. He is awful on the bases. Really bad. And yeah. that just brings us back to, can we please, please have the DH? Please! I was just going to say, Jesus please. Christ, a prime man. example of why we need the DH. Yeah, that's Jeez. if there's one thing I want to see, and not just that, but hey, you have like Naylor down the system, Fran Mill. 
Um, we need the DH. As Padre fans, we need it. Yes. I, I don't care about the traditionalists that say, no, no, no. I, we need the DH. There's no fun or strategy in watching the pitcher hit. There's no. no strategy in that. And there's no strategy in bringing up a bench player to pinch hit for him in a high leverage situation. They're on the bench for a reason. It's because they suck. <laughs> so why do you want them to be pinched hit for uh, with a bench level player? Um, the corresponding move for that was Aswahi getting called up. What the hell was the point in sending him down? If they were going to call him back up? He never even officially got packed. I think I saw on Twitter that someone said that he never got fully packed to go down to El Paso. I heard he stayed at a uh, Best Western. Is yeah. that true? Yeah, I heard that I heard that too from our sources. Oh. But um, yeah, with Oswahe, you know the big thing with him, you see on Twitter, he admitted that he sucks. Yeah, and I, you know what? I wanted to touch on that. You I kind of like that. Credit to you, Aswahe. Credit to you for admitting you suck. I've been there a long time now. I have admitted for many a years... Probably the how long have I been playing? Probably the last 24 years that I have not been any good at baseball. Yeah. So credit to you for going out on Twitter and actually admitting that uh, it's been a rough go of it thus far. He was going too, and um, I, I, maybe I just pay, pay way too close attention or way more than I should, but he was going in and he was like responding to people's tweets and liking mm-hmm. people's tweets. He was reading all the responses. I think and players all read more too. than they let on. Yeah. I just don't think most of them respond. But this was at like 1 in the morning. So you know it's getting to him, man. Yeah, he's he probably was... staying up. Well, oh, you gotta yeah. think. The games are over around, what, 10, 10, 30? They probably yeah. get back to... I mean, I assume he has a place here. He's renting a place here. So he gets back to his place around 11, 11, 30. He's probably up till midnight, maybe getting a bite to eat, not getting to bed till 1. So yeah. he's, probably, yeah, he's probably up every night. And I do think players read... Um, what goes on online, I think they read scouting reports a lot more often than we think. Because yeah. look how often we're on our phones. I mean, these guys don't do anything till. Yeah, but I go on my phone to get away from my wife. Well, I go on my phone to forget <laughs> that my wife got away from me. So <laughs> there yeah. you go. But it makes sense. I, I felt mean, bad for him, honestly. When I saw that tweet, part of me was like, hey, you know, good on you for taking accountability. Yeah. But then part of me felt bad because he started getting blasted for being a gamer. You know, playing his video games, his Fortnite, whatever the hell he's playing. God, leave these guys alone. You know, nobody dogs you. Like, I'm not getting dogged for not going to work yesterday because I blew out my knee. Yeah. Well, actually, my dad told me I should retire. <laughs> he says I should hang it up. But leave the guy alone. They have personal lives. They can go play video games. Yeah. Baseball is not 24-7. They need some As much as we would like it away. to be, it's not. Yeah, it's so, not. I don't really care about him playing games. I don't so. either. If that was my job, I'd probably want some time off, too. Yeah, I felt bad for him. And then also the first person I thought it was, was Liddy from Hell's Bells. <laughs> podcast yeah, although she said that she's done with him but yeah yeah we'll see we'll yeah. see how long that breakup lasts liddy the good old eyebrow yes the uh, the brow um moving on into other stuff um we were going to touch on this briefly and then we'll go into our twitter segment and then later on he wasn't bumped kevin cherry will be on later on yes yeah he's... hello darkness my old friend yes that's right so we ran out of uh, mad fryers guys to bring on so we uh <laughs> we had to go back to charity yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the Padres have yet to introduce a a friendly fan a uh, excuse me family friendly affordable ticket plan, as I understand. And the first place Diamondbacks, did you say it was forty games for eighty bucks? Is eighty games is? for forty bucks. Is it eighty for forty? Is it eighty for forty? Forty for eighty, whatever. It's something like that. It's cheap. Yeah. Let's just throw it out there. It's forty cheap. for eighty. Are you sure? I that's know. what I that's what I wrote down. <laughs> this is so bad. So bad. Whatever. Nonetheless, they have a game plan where you're not paying a whole lot to get into the ballpark to watch a first place team. Yeah. This is the second year in a row they've done it. The A's did it last year. I don't know if they've come up with something yet. The Padres are in last place. Why have they not come out with some kind of ticket plan to get people out to the ballpark? Just to give you an idea of how little is shit San Diego cares about the Padres. The ninety eight team is heralded, right? The ninety eight team got the stadium built. They didn't crack 30-plus thousand for this 98 weekend for three of the four games. Thursday, 
Friday and Sunday. They were under 30K. They only got 30K on Saturday night, and that was it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Saturday night was Trevor's night, wasn't it? Um, I'm not sure in which order those went. You'd have to ask Friar Phil. Did you go? That. I thought you went to the games. I did. But I don't. I went Friday and Saturday, and I think Friday was Caminetti, because um, I remember I went with Rich, and he said he was going to give his to John Gennaro. And then Saturday was Saturday was Hoffman. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Tony Gwynday didn't draw more than 30,000 people. That's pathetic. Yeah, that's pretty sad. That is absolutely pathetic. They seem to be hanging their hat on uh, promoting a team that happened 20 years ago. So, um, yeah, that's Let us not sad. forget they got swept. Di- Diamondbacks, they didn't get swept last year. In the weekend. World Series. Oh, in the World Series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Diamondbacks, by the way, 40 games for 80 bucks. So. Oh, that's, that's, that's what. Great. Yeah, that's what they have out there, but... You know, part of me, playing devil's advocate here, we, we want to talk about family-friendly pricing and so on and so forth. A family of four, if you if it's a family that needs affordable pricing, let's say, for example, 40 games for 80 bucks, are four of them going to spend $80? Are they going to spend $80 for four tickets for their whole family? No, they're not going to. No. That's why I like the idea of uh, Corey Stewart on Twitter who says they need to bring back the $5 park pass. Do you remember the like, Coca-Cola family there. night passes? Yeah. Those were great. God, my Have idea. $5 ticket night. Let's start there. Get people into the stadium, man, because this is embarrassing. The cheap seats. Have like $10 nights at the cheap seats. Hey, come in, have $10 nights. You can sit up there. Because there's not really a bad seat in the ballpark. No. Um, when you and I used to go... A couple times a year, we would just go buy the ten dollar cheap seats right above home plate, and we basically walk down to field level and pick an empty seat. Eventually, after like the <laughs> sixth inning, but still, it cost us twenty bucks to get in the game because we paid. Well, actually, combined because we we wouldn't even park in the parking, cost twenty bucks total to get in the game. We pay ten dollar tickets, we walk in, we have a good time. You know, bring people into the ballpark. It's like you're not putting a winning product on there. The the ballpark itself. It's a great atmosphere. I can't remember where the hell I was at when I heard this, but somebody was mentioning how they love Petco Park, and even though the team isn't good, just the atmosphere, going to the ballpark, you know, seeing the people there, the food, everything there is to do around the ballpark, that going to Potter games is fun. The problem is it's not particularly affordable, especially for a team that's on pace to lose 100-plus games. You can't hang your – how long are you going to hang your hat on, oh, it's a fun place to watch a game? I don't hang my hat on that at all, considering I haven't been there since like I'm talking about if, if you're the Padres, because you don't provide any sort of entertainment aspect on the field. No, they don't. Like People want to be entertained by what they're watching. So today, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, hmm, do I want to go to the game today? And I'm like, let me look. And, For free? Well, yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, I was like, yeah, if I get free tickets, then I'll go. But I wasn't offered free tickets until last minute by Justin, actually. Yeah. Um, Justin offered me a couple free tickets. But at that point, I already had plans. But I'm sitting there. I'm like, hmm, do I want to go? And by the way, I didn't check the Padres website. I went straight to StubHub because I'll buy it from a secondary place all day before I buy it from yeah, the Padres. Yeah, okay. why, why pay face value and get it cheaper? Well, I, I get, get better seats. Yeah, that and I get confused by all the different tiers. They have like yeah. 70 different tiers of tickets you can buy. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, hmm. I'm like, first of all, this will be the first time I paid for a ticket in forever because I refuse to go. At least two years. I refuse to pay to watch those scrubs. And then I'm going, so I'm going on StubHub. And I felt kind of cheap because I'm sitting there and I'm like, Hmm. I put the filter with fees, and I looked at the cheapest ticket. And it was like at one point it was like fourteen bucks, and I'm like, mm. that's cheap. But at the end of the day, I'm like, it's Jordan Lyles. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Lyles not putting butts in the seats. Yeah, like it, that ticket could have been sixty nine cents, and I wouldn't have bought it. You know, it's nice. just it's it's bad. Like their team is so bad. Like lower the price, get people in there, show some good faith. Jesus Christ, dude. Coca Cola family nights was like a staple for my mom and I, and then uh, my mom. My uncle and my cousin, like Coca-Cola family nights were great. You bring the Coca-Cola label or some off-brand label, like great value Coca-Cola. Yeah. You bring that in 
and you get uh, it was uh, five dollars. So you get that, and then five dollar hot dog, a soda, and a ticket out in the cheap seats at Qualcomm. That was perfect. Now I'm not expecting five dollar tickets now, but you know, do some kind of promotion where you can go in there and say, okay, you know what? For thirty bucks, you get two tickets. You get a hot, two hot dogs and two small sodas, and you get to go sit in some cheap seats somewhere. Right. Give something. At least it'll bring people into the ballpark. Yeah, bring up Urias, right? Yeah, I wish, right? Yeah, that's not going to get anybody in the ballpark. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, I still would not go pay to see them if they brought up Urias. I yeah. just I can't justify spending that kind of money. I would. You're going to drop $20 on parking, and then you're going to drop another 20 Park in the park tickets, I think, when we took you Pro for Pro tip, your... I park in the hood. Yeah, so for do free, I. For free, and yeah, I just right walk. Off there, right off Cesar Chavez over right there. Right by Tent City, and I just <laughs> yeah. walk over there. Yeah. And now they got the scooters, and ride the scooters over there. Yeah, that's, Hep City? Yeah, Hep City. That's, that's <laughs> my game right there. But, uh, I mean, it's just like... We took you to uh, to a Potter game last year for your bachelor party. Yeah, those park in the park tickets were like fifteen bucks a pop. Yeah. I'm like, when the hell did they go up? I thought they were like five or ten bucks. But still, on a Saturday, that's not bad because we went on Saturday. It's so. not bad, but when you're when you think about it, they're playing the Rockies. Okay, great. But if if you're the Padres, if you want to put it up to fifteen bucks for the weekend, fine. But all other nights, Monday through Thursday, you should never pay more than five dollars for a park ticket to get in. I don't think you should you're pay that on the weekend for concessions. I don't think you should pay that on the weekend because the best view you're going to get is the top of the deck. You don't actually get to go down into the deck um, like we got to go for the World Baseball Classic. You have to sit at the top deck, so you don't really have the greatest view. But you know, I, I just if you're going to bring people in, the whole idea of that was to. When they opened Petco Park, Park in the Park was for families. Like, hey, it's five bucks a ticket. You're three or under. You know, they get in for free because they don't occupy a seat. There's no seat to occupy. You have the sandbox. You've got the field. You've got the hill. There's a big scoreboard back there. There's stuff that you can do for five bucks. It was family oriented. They threw that shit right out. Yeah. You know, and now it's rather like, quickly. It yeah. Seemed it's too. like I'm not gonna go. You know, if my daughter comes of age, I'm thinking, do I want to take her to a Potter game, or I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna. Not pay for parking, but I have to pay fifteen or twenty bucks for a, at least a park in the park ticket. So there's forty bucks. You're gonna have to spend on concessions. If I want a beer, there's thirteen, fifteen, or fifteen bucks down the toilet. You're talking fifty, sixty bucks to go watch a one hundred loss team for park in the park tickets. Yeah, no I, thanks. That's obscene. I'm not gonna pay that. That's ridiculous. I'd rather just watch the game at home. I can make my own food. Yeah, dude. When there were five dollar tickets, my dad used to take uh, Sean and I. And we would go and we would bring in like a 12 piece of like Popeye's chicken and then just sit <laughs> on the hill. What would your brother and your dad bring in? <laughs> You're a jackass. And we used to just sit on the hill. and, and that watch when uh, Jake Peavy asked your dad what uh, he's feeding his boys? Yeah, yeah, that was exactly one, you sack of shit. <laughs> Um, you know what that new thing coming through with the Supreme Court and the uh, sports gambling now? Uh, and no, that doesn't mean Pete Rose is getting in. Give, yeah, give it no, a rest. Um, what I think would be awesome. Dude, they should put a little sports book outside the stadium. That'd be pretty Wouldn't cool. That be sick? MLB would never allow it. No, and the Padres would never do it. No. But hey, put one next door. Maybe that's a business opportunity for someone yeah. there. Yeah, put, and, them, uh, put them right next to uh, Lolita's. Yeah. You Dude, know. I would love to get hammered. What if we had a Caliente place? right there and then they just put, move, put like a street taco shop right next to it? Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm so yeah, down like for that. little Tijuana. Over I would there. go to so many more games if I had money on the games. I would be so stoked. You would never see someone in Padre gear rooting harder for the other team. <laughs> you would never. See Come it. on, Arenado. Yeah, you touch would, them all. You would never see. I do love to gamble, and uh, when we lose bets, unfortunately, Ryan Barkley has now got us twice Ugh. on the uh, on the betting. So he got me last year with the uh, twin series. The Twins took two out of three against the Padres, and. Uh, who was it? I forgot who hit it, but I know that Maton gave it up a walk off homer for me to lose the series, so I had to right. send him thirteen fifty for a beer. They hit it so hard he went on the DL. Yeah, well this was last year. 
Um, oh, that was last year. Okay. Yeah, so this year the bet was if the Padres won more than 14 games in their first 45, then we would re- give him a read um, for Barkley Landscape, Inc. I asked him for bullet points, and uh, <laughs> he sent me an entire magazine. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go ahead and read it, which is kind of funny to me because Dallas likes poking fun at us, calling us Dave and Jeff Light, yeah. and Dave and Jeff wannabes, and here we are reading I'm more some like, of uh, sponsors. Yeah. So. I don't know about Dave and Jeff Light, more like Dave and Jeff Heavy. Yeah, but, somewhat, uh, but Yeah, go ahead, because Barkley wanted me to read it, so I'm glad that you get to read it, because he thinks you're going to crap all over it, so this will be good. Oh, is that what he thinks? That's exactly what he said. He does know I'm the only one that reads English, right? Yeah. Of, yeah. The two of us. No, no hobble. Yeah, he said something like, oh, we all know Eric would fuck it up. So I'm like, I'm going to let Eric read it. <laughs> you know what? Eat shit, Barkley. <laughs> all right, guys. Barkley Landscape. 35-plus years of experience, commercial and residential. They provide maintenance and installation, demo removal, sod, and turf installation, paver and flagstone, patios, hardscapes, dryscapes, drought-tolerant, fencing, vinyl and wood, retaining walls, erosion control. Whether it's an existing yard that needs love or you want to rip out and do something new, uh, we're your guys. Twitter, at Papa Bark. That's P-A-P-A-B-A-R-K. Uh, they're also on Instagram, at Barkley Landscape, Inc. And uh, phone number, you can reach Ryan at 619-669-8000. He says also, fuck Chase Headley. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't forget that part. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Ryan and I figured out uh, last week that we played against each other in high school. So he played at uh, West Hills, and I played at Monta Vista. And I went through East uh, East County, um, what was it? East County Sports. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that what was the site. And you're able to look up the archives of the old uh, the old uh, box scores. And I saw he went one for three off me. With there the you go. RBI, he owned so. you. Right up there at Stephen Woods. You know what's sad? Is you guys are naming off these like solid high schools, and I'm thinking. God, I went to Mount Miguel. I'm like the gutter trash of the East County School District. Well, Ryan told us, or Ryan told me, he's like, dude, you guys and uh, El Cajon Valley were our guaranteed wins. Yeah. I, like, I wasn't. I yeah. was, My team was over 500 the two years I was on varsity, my junior and senior year. Yeah. Made the playoffs my junior year. So if no one... if no I was one, not on that 0-32 squad. Yeah, if no one cares about us playing adult league, then I guarantee no one cares about our high school team. That's still interesting enough. Still interesting enough. Um, let's talk a little bit about today. You didn't watch the game, but uh, Jordan Lyles was flirting with perfection yeah. um is there any part well i guess it's kind of dumb to ask you because you didn't watch but um were you following on twitter at all no actually i've been uh, staying off for the most Great. part so thanks for coming on the show today <laughs> as the game was going on i was tweeting out because everyone's talking about oh you can't jinx it you can't jinx oh, it and people are getting on don getting on mud getting on our boy sweeney um for all kinds of crap about sweeney's been putting out some good work on twitter of late yeah he has Getting on him about jinxing the no-hitter in the perfect game. So I made sure, dude, I was live-tweeting with every out. I was like, Jordan Lyle's perfect through four. Perfect through (laughs) 4.1, 4.2, and 5. Because I'm like, you know what? First of all, it's not going to happen because it's Jordan Lyles. Yeah. And second of all, if it does happen, then look. I tweeted after every single thing, after every single out. There's no such thing as a curse. There's no such thing as a jinx. third of all, shit. There's no such thing as a jinx. Shamanaya had no problem throwing a no-hitter. Yeah, he did. We mentioned that MLB Network. They go live looks and all that other stuff. Who threw a no-hitter recently? He was on the Mariners. Pitches for the Mariners. Paxton. Yeah, Paxton. James Paxton in his hometown of... uh, America's Hat Canada. Yeah. So he threw one, and they fucking announced it like, oh, no-hitter alert. He's got a no-hitter. It's like, <laughs> yeah. just get over it. Get over it. Yeah. I, at no, Actually, there was one point. I put, I put on Twitter, after the seventh, once you get through seven, if you're still perfect, still no-hitter, I'm like, okay, this is real. And Lyles got through seven. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, is he going to do this? Jordan freaking Lyles? That would have been hilarious. Oh, my God, dude. So... Um, seven and third, he made it through before eventually Trevor Story got a little single into left field and uh, he got taken out. But 
Um, he was at like 75, 80 pitches. It seems like Andy Green has a short hook, doesn't it? Yeah, I think Green doesn't want to blow them out. I, and I made this point on Twitter. I'm not blindly, uh, you know, defending Andy Green. He pulled Lucchese out the other day. Could have fooled HJ. Yeah, I know I could have. I don't know why he pulled Lucchese out the other day. Um, I didn't see where he was at in the lineup. But the, the time he pulled Lucchese out the start before that, um, when people were complaining, I put it on there. It's not rocket science. Um, it's a small sample size, but the third time through the order, Lucchese gets killed. Like, the slugging percentage shoots up a lot. The on-base shoots up a lot. Um, he's We already know he's homer-prone. He doesn't throw hard. He doesn't have great movement. He's got to locate. So if he leaves something middle over the plate, he's going to get killed. We have seen that pretty much uh, you know, every start. If he leaves something over the plate, he gets killed. I did see on Twitter that he has some of the worst command in the league. Yeah. So, so that's it's, not really going in his favor there. Yeah, I mean, strategically speaking, if you know, and I brought this up um, before about Matt Harvey, you know, being left in in the World Series, you know, and it's been uh, talked about ad nauseum. We have enough data now where we can look at how does this guy do through this time, many times to the lineup. I remember we had Shields and Bud Black would routinely pull him and we'd pull our hair out thinking, this guy's supposed to throw 220 innings and you keep yanking him. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look up the numbers, I mean, at the time, I think that's how it was. Shields did okay third time through the order. That's why he's able to throw so many innings. To this point, Lucchese, not so much. He's also young. I'm sure they're trying to limit his innings anyways. So the last time he did it, not this start, the start before that, I understood. Okay, let me bring in a fresh reliever. He's got better numbers right now. He's you know coming right out of the bullpen. And Lucchese doesn't do so well third time through the order in a close game. Last night, I... I wasn't paying attention enough to know where he was at in the order. If it was the third time through the order, great. He might have made the right move. He also pinched it for uh, Caesar, so he's trying to, you know, hey, this is an opportunity to get to the starter and try to get a lead. There's some strategy behind it. I don't always agree with it, but the idea that uh, well, know, now we also know hook. that he was hurt last night. Yeah, that's after too. that slide. Oh so. God, that slide. <laughs> yeah, but it, it does. It seems to me, maybe it's just me, but it seems like Green kind of has a quick hook. Yeah. Maybe you know, he when does. it comes to that, Lyles well, today after Ross 80 out pitches. There. Well, yeah, he leaves Lyles Ross also out. pitched into the eighth. Yeah. I mean, at that point. Yeah, but still, you have pitch count, not innings. Sure. I don't. The thing is with me, and I didn't say this on Twitter because I didn't want to get into it with people. To me, pitch count is irrelevant. Like, if a guy's at 100 pitches and he's still throwing. So, what is relevant then? I like to look at how does he do, how many every times he gets through the order. So, maybe Lyles that third time through the order and he's thinking, okay, Lyles is not, I mean, Statistically speaking, in his history, he has never been an effective starter. He's, I mean, fringe major leaguer, and that's a compliment. So maybe Green thought, hey, he's thrown really, really well of late. So I'm not going to leave him out there to ruin this game for us. Let me just yank him now while he's on top and then bring in a fresh reliever because the Potters actually have a decent bullpen mm-hmm. and go with that. What are you smiling about? I'm laughing because the intro of the show. I made sure I didn't say anything just now when you're yeah. shitting on Lyles because yeah. the intro of the show... I was able to He's find... had two good starts. I mean, come on. He was doing well out of the bullpen, and then he blew up. I yeah, mentioned that. And then I, I said two good starts. Let's, yeah. let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I know. You know. He's just having the old Justin Germano stretch. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's not a bad idea to pull a guy who historically has been terrible, especially yeah. if he's pitching that well, and you have the game in hand. You know, I know um, Team Tank. I hope they lose a ton of games. I want the high draft pick because they're not any good right now, and they probably won't be for at least another year and a half. But... Andy Green's job is to manage to win. If, statistically speaking, he has a better chance of winning by bringing in a fresh reliever who has a better opportunity to get outs than leaving the guy in for the third time through the order, because statistically, he doesn't do well the third time through the order, then go ahead and make the move. Whether the move pans out or not, to me, is irrelevant. I'm more process than result. So, 
The Padres won today, so everything was fine. I'm sure if they'd have lost and the bullpen blew it, <laughs> he would have been getting a you know an, an ass ripping. But yeah, I, I don't time. mind it. I don't mind the pitch counts to me is I don't look at unless they're like at 120. It's like okay, you got to yank him. But if if they're getting third time through the order, I don't really care what the pitch count is. Just how does he typically do third time through the order? And they have more info on Lucchese than we'll ever have. True. In terms of his splits and how he does, you know, at, at that point in the game. So yeah, but at what point? I mean, you have to have him go out there, and you have to have him. We'd well, already given up what guys. two or three runs at that point. Yeah, he yeah he was kind of struggling. See, that's with the it. thing. But I want to see him stretched out. I, I want to see him out there throwing ninety five hundred pitches a start. I think they will as long as he's pitching well. At that point, he already thrown five innings, he's given up three runs, uh, two home runs, and they weren't cheap. I think yeah. at that point, it wasn't a bad take to think. You know what? They've teed off on him already. That's only been five innings. Maybe we should go to the bullpen. Yeah. Because um, he's getting through a third time in the order, and it's not like he's dominating him as is. If he's dominating, he's cruising, and they got a decent enough lead, absolutely leave him out there. Um, but if not, then I, I don't think it's a bad idea. And, and Green's going to manage to try to win. Whether we like it or not, he's going to try to pull the right strings to try to win because he wouldn't be doing his job otherwise. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. So. Um, you want to go ahead and switch gears and get in this Padre Twitter segment? Yes, now? let's. I one didn't even our, know you posted a question today. So. I sure did. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite features of the show is a Padre Twitter segment. It is probably so. my favorite feature. And we have an in-studio guest. We do. We have too, a special so. surprise guest, and it's not charity. Yeah, no, it's not charity. We will get to charity here in a few moments, but let's go ahead and get into this Padre Twitter segment. All right, see, our favorite, well, my favorite uh, segment here, the Padre Twitter portion of the podcast here um we have a guest in studio here hunter the beer kid what's going on hunter how's it going you guys thank you for having me and entertaining me all these last uh, half hour or so yeah. i didn't even know you were going to show up i just saw this bearded stranger walking in and i'm like who the hell is this oh i guess we have company i can't imagine the receding hairline helped me at all <laughs> <laughs> danny knows all about receding hairlines so. what are you talking about my hair hasn't moved since so he's got hair a stronger hair. hairline than me I'd yeah say. take that my hair grows back yeah you I, are in good i have a receding there. beard line is what i have yeah that's uh, true yeah you can't you, grow a beard to save your life you weren't here you were uh, picking up uh, your laundry over there and i asked hunter i'm like i'm not saying this to be rude i'm just curious what are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. curious yeah, yeah i saw the happy. slider open i just came yeah. in <laughs> yeah. yeah these two fat guys were chit-chatting about the padres and I'm, oh, I'm a padre fan yeah <laughs> so hunter is a, a free agent on the uh, padre podcast market there yes, so sir. yeah you want to throw your services out there offer your services yeah. I mean, I guess my credentials, I was on uh, Palomar's radio station for two semesters before I got kicked off and put on probation. And, um, <laughs> oh, that's an interesting story. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Padres fan, sports fan in general, I've always been looking to like get on and talk pods, so this is really cool for me, and cool. I feel like I'm in the presence of Padres Twitter greatness right oh, now. Oh, oh, God, please. Get the fuck out get of here. I'm here. honored to uh, be here. Thanks, oh. Leisure Fryer. <laughs> Speaking of Leisure Fryer, so I want to I want to put one thing out there. I put out that stupid caption contest there, oh, yeah, and I completely forgot about forgot it. About it last week so it was danny and I, on. yeah it was danny and i looking out into the field for our adult league sunday and a lot of people had a lot of good responses there but my favorite there um sorry gavin it's not you leisure fire is definitely not you um, <laughs> but tim uh sd hat guy he says quote we're not as bad as the real marlins are we and he goes according to the podcast rankings we are fuck <laughs> <laughs> that was my personal favorite for i that. liked mine i liked mine you know, yeah guys, but i'm not gonna pick you to I win know. i know there's a couple there's a couple other good ones in there uh the, uh, are we getting traded to, uh, do you think Jeets will trade us to New York? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. 
That one, yeah, that one was pretty good too. Um, Gavin says that he was biased; he thinks he should win. But Gavin, however, did have my favorite, one of my favorite tweets I read all week. You know when uh, Villanueva ran into the wall and got hurt? Yeah, a couple nights ago. Yeah. yeah, he ran into it and hurt his knees or whatever. Gavin puts out there on Twitter. He goes, "That wall is the only thing Villanueva's hit in the last month." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, dude. That was that well, was great. Well, our president looks like he's doing his job because he sure shit didn't get over it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, let's go into our Twitter question. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Luke, at Luke Kelly, of course, of the uh, 805 West boys. Yep. Uh, fill in the blank. If blank isn't traded by the deadline, I'm going to be pissed. We'll let you start it off, Hunter. Sorry, who, would you be, who would you be pissed about not uh, if they're not traded by the deadline? Tyson Ross, like right off the bat. Yeah. Hey, that's my homeboy. Uh, I mean... <laughs> It, the only thing is, he wouldn't be able to leave free tickets anymore. True. Yeah, that's but true. Um, I'm watching Javi Baez, MLB Network, streaming through all these games. And Javi Baez is hitting 290 with like 10 home runs and like 7 steals and playing phenomenal defense. It's like, we missed that boat once. Like, I don't want to miss it again. God, can you imagine if we had Javi Baez as our shortstop right now? Yeah. And then I'm okay with Tatis being at third base. But that's yeah. the only condition. Like, not for Galvis. Like, yeah. That's not going to make me want to switch Fernando over to third. No, no, thank you, Derek Togerson, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, Shots fired. Hunter yeah. coming out, pulling out the big guns. So you're not offering an extension to Galvis? Uh, not for two years, <laughs> not for three years, not for one year. Yeah. I like this guy, Eric. Yeah. I like the guests you bring in. <laughs> yeah. So what about you, Eric? If Blank isn't traded... I mean, that's tough. I think the... Tyson the Ross is off the board. Well, the go-to is Tyson, right? It has yeah. to be Tyson. But at that point... Um, if it's not Tyson, I think it has to be Brad Hand. That was going to oh, be my yeah. next guy. You know, because yeah. we yeah. again we've been beating this drum forever. You don't need Brad Hand. Agreed. We don't need him at this point. So um, I feel like I, without having his numbers in front of me, I feel like he's had a good start to the season. I feel like there's no use for him here. You know, it's I, I don't know. What about you? Now that those two have been off the board. So mine actually only occurred recently uh, because of uh, extenuating circumstances. And our neighbors to the north. Uh, for those that haven't heard, good old Robbie Cano, don't you know, is on the juice. Oh, yeah. So he is uh, toast for the next 80 games, and he can't make the playoffs. And they have stated uh, very aggressively that D. Gordon, despite bad numbers, is not moving back to second base because they brought him in to play center. So that leads me to believe that maybe they could possibly move Jose Perella over to Seattle to go play second for them because the reality is he's better than Gordon Beckham and Taylor Motter and whoever else they could have up there. Uh, Perella's not having a stellar season, but he's doing okay, 10% or so below league average. But he'd be an upgrade over Gordon Beckham, who's been terrible the last three years, and then Taylor Motter, who I think was 40% below league average last I checked. So I do think Perella has some kind of value as like a utility guy, play second, play right, play left, could possibly DH on a decent team. Um, so if I can't pick Hand or Ross, who are one and two, uh, I think Perella would be the next guy I would expect them to trade. I think that's actually a good call. Are you a are you a Perella guy? I kind of sort of am one of the Pirelli acts. I always post Pirelli. the gif. Okay. I always post the gif of uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy's rings touching whenever whenever he's up in a big spot, bases loaded, runners on second and third and two outs or something. But um, I think a good dark horse for who I'd be pissed if they're still here in July, Craig Stammen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's he, actually done really well since a really bad April last year. He just always flies under the radar because you always think of like Cody Yates yeah, as a yeah. good guy, Brad Hand. Um, even Robbie Erlin is always kind of more the go-to in those early mop-up games or when you need like a, a quick one, two, three in the fifth or something. Yeah. 
But Stammen, I, th- I don't have his numbers in front of me. I have to imagine his ERA is under three. His strand rate is probably super high again because he's always inheriting these high leverage situations. Ooh, like, strand rate. I uh, really like this guy. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting pushed further and further off the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah you might be filling up. in for yeah. miserable SD fans. Jeez. Yeah. I like that. That's a good call with Stammen, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, he's got, I mean, he, he wanted to resign here, but uh, yeah, that, that is actually a really good call. There's another guy. They're not going to get much for any of these guys. Let's no. be realistic. Ross is going to get him the biggest... Oh, maybe Hand um, gets them the biggest get because Hand has more control. But in all reality, this is going to be lottery tickets. But I think that's a good take on that. Yeah, and that kind of goes. And, and we, I mean, there's a lot of, once again, there's a lot of uh, reaction to this post, and we do appreciate it. So that kind of goes off of what uh, Cameron Jose was saying because he said, what do we expect to see uh, shipped out the deadline? And what kind of return are you hoping for? And, I mean, again, I don't think we're going to get much for any of these guys. You know, no, it's, no, 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 not at all. I mean, Hand, maybe. But, I mean, even then, you look at, like... I don't think his value is as high as it was just last year. I don't think so either. they should have traded. That's why I really wanted them to trade him. Last year, the market that was saturated with relievers, look how many relievers the Yankees got. They got, like, three new guys. They got Robertson, they got uh, Tommy Kenley, and then they got some other guy that throws gas from the White Sox. So, um, the... Last year the market was saturated. I don't know if it's going to be that way this year. So maybe they get something. But again, it's not going to be anything. It's be some 19 or 20-year-old in single A, you know, an Oliveris type. That is the Preller type, mm. for sure. Uh, Pinchis Padres, <laughs> our friend uh, Danny DeAnda, he says, are you guys pretty much done with Makita? He wouldn't even get anyone out on uh, Sunday League. I mean, you you haven't seen I'm pretty Danny sure and I hit, but he would definitely get us out for Sunday League. I but. think DeAnda could take him yard. Probably. <laughs> Dude, honestly, McKee, when he first came in, I was like, I was super intrigued by the arm slot. I was super intrigued just to see what he brings to the table. And I love watching him pitch, but, man, he gets racked. Like, I, I feel like every time he comes in the game, it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. Like, here he we is, go. He is an interesting experiment gone completely wrong. Like, the, it was cool at first when he saw in the uh, quote-unquote soap bubbles mm-hmm. up there and getting guys to look foolish. Now that they just sit on him, he he just gets smashed. I could see him getting released by the middle of the year. What he's, do you, he's like the perfect Padre social media type of player. It's yeah. Like, yeah. His name's Makita. We'll call him Maki. Yeah. <laughs> he rides a scooter in the clubhouse or some ridiculous he's all full of smiles and sits on the top step of the dugout and grins all night and he throws two inches off the ground like he's just this novelty he's a unicorn yeah Yeah. but he's a two-legged unicorn he's a fucking useless hornless unicorn (laughs) he's a legless horse (laughs) the legless horse Kaz makita yes sir man he he's been really bad and then last night wasn't a tie game when andy green brought him in yeah yeah three three yeah sixth yeah you can't bring him in in that situation my question is who like, was everybody else burnt out? Because, I, like I said, I don't watch enough of the games to Well, a lot attention. of guys are getting burned out because yeah. he has a quick hook that we yeah, talked see? about earlier. Well, they're also getting blown out, too. I mean, he doesn't have a quick hook with everybody. Well, But, I mean, there's only so many games you can bring stamina in in a high-leverage situation. You can't go out there every single night. Well, I feel like I haven't seen early in, like, three or four days. He like, threw yesterday, actually. Did he threw yesterday? Yeah, he yeah. threw last night. He oh, threw yesterday at the end of the night. Yeah, um, right. Strom, they have Strom up now. I, kinda, I like so far what I've seen out of Matt Strom. So. He's got to lower the walk rate is all. He's yeah. kind of got that Brian Mitchell like yeah. one to two K to walk ratio right now. And it's kind of making me nervous. I think he'll be fine. He also missed like all of last year. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll be fine. And he's really young. So And I like that they have him in the bullpen. I know Eric doesn't agree with me at all on this, but I don't mind taking young starters um, when you don't have a blatant spot in the uh, – that's our uh, mascot here. You hear one whimpering in the background. <laughs> Good old 5.5 Joseph. Yeah, it's um, my dog. I, <laughs> I like that if you don't have a spot in the rotation, you bring up younger guys and break them in via bullpen. I don't mind that at all. Have so, you seen him too? He's fucking handsome. 
Oh, Strong? Oh, he's my a good looking goodness. kid. Yeah, I've seen him on MLB The Show. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, lots of arms and legs. He's a very good looking young man. He's got the pretty blue eyes. Like, bastard. He was bringing it like 94 yesterday. Yeah, yeah he throws like hard. You got to think, he's not healthy. I mean, he's healthy, but he's not, you know. He, he, his is lower body, so he's got yeah. to work his legs back into. He'll, uh, he'll be fine. Here I go flip flopping again. You ready? So I don't, I still don't like the idea overall of having a starter go to the pen when he comes up. Here but for a guy like Strom, I'm okay with it. Uh. For a guy like Strom, I'm okay. <laughs> well, that's okay because that's context dependent. I'm okay yeah. with that for most guys. Depending uh. on the guy, because I, yeah. I don't think Strom's going to be some big stud for yeah. years to come. So I'm okay with that. Here's another flip flop for you. This is uh, courtesy of uh, Jake Tremblay at Jake Libido. Now that Chase Headley is gone, who is your least favorite Padre on the roster, and why is it Ellis? <laughs> of course, of course. Miserable Padre fan. Easy, Jordan Lyles. Yeah. How do you feel about that answer right now? That was jerk? a joke, dude. I did that in like the fifth inning of the game. But uh, but who is it? And why is it Ellis? Oh, man, my least favorite Padre on the team now. It probably is Ellis, but we'll eliminate him since that seems to be the consensus. <laughs> I'll throw one out there. This might not be popular. I'm done with Freddie Galvis. Really? Yeah. I'm done with him. Getting there. Dude, wow. I, I said when we got him, like, great, he's a great defensive shortstop. And I mentioned it after the first couple of games, like, God, dude, he's like, he's real slick defensively. But good Lord, he can't hit. Like, yeah, he had a good game last night, but he can't hit. And I said this when we got him. They, they played it up. Oh, he's got the top five most hits as a shortstop the last couple of years and yada, yada, yada. whoop he do he, Offensively, in, in totality, he was awful. He's a below-league average hitter. That's exactly what we're getting right now. He doesn't draw walks. He doesn't hit for power. He doesn't do anything remotely productive at the plate. He's just a glove. And for me, that's a backup. That's a backup. I, I don't see why. I know why he's there because, you know, Tatis obviously isn't ready. But, Jesus, I'm so tired of watching Freddie Galvis suck at the plate. That's interesting. I didn't think you were going to go that yeah. go that route. You know he was popped for uh, PEDs a couple years ago? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. During his 23 home run season. Notice oh. he's only hit one this year. Yeah. So True. What, but, about, what about you? Who do you hate the oh, most on the team? Gosh. He was still honest. below league average that year, by the way, by like 20%. I just want to throw that out there. Even in his best year, he still sucked. Well, he hit like 228 that year, too. Did yeah. Something? 240. 240, okay. He's at not far off right now. At he's least they didn't trade anyone with potential for him, right? Yeah. I mean, he is some... now what Guerra is going to be. I hope people know that. Like, yeah. That's exactly what he is. Don't he's... hedge your bets on Javi Guerra. No. Like, he's 237 yeah. with a 306 on base. He's slugging 309. He oh, has a okay. 70. He's 25% below league average. For his career, he's 23% below league average. He's doing exactly what I said he was going to do. Exactly what I said he was going to do. He's my least favorite player on the team right now. Oh, see, my least favorite player on the team, Brian Mitchell. I, I think that goes without <laughs> saying. It's not even because of his performance, but the fact that he's shredding Andy Green in the dugout. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Where even the beat reporter fucking dick up my ass, AC hurt him. Yeah. Just, it, it's appalling. Like, you're not... Good enough to be mad. You're That's not even true. good enough to be, like, sad. You're not good enough to say, like, I'm not even thinking about... Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, you better be thinking about going to the bullpen. <laughs> Jesus gracious. Yeah. I shouldn't bash AC. I don't even know what his job is. <laughs> I don't think he does either. Clearly, I don't read the articles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he put... Um, last... Dude, he got shredded because he left sent from my iPhone. Oh, he my also gosh. had plenty of typos in there. Yeah. And, and the editor doesn't catch that, too, which is just amazing, but... Um, yeah, damn, Brian Mitchell is a good one, too. I'm gonna Honestly, I'm going to have to go with, and I got pissed off at him at the end of this last game, I got to go with Jose Perella, dude. Really? Yeah. I am so sick of watching him play. Yeah. Because he's nothing but ground balls. Ground ball machine. He's a ground ball machine. 
Um, he can't hit, man. It's just nothing but singles. Yeah. And that's even if he hits the ball. Yeah, I think he's slugging. I mentioned it earlier, like 346. He's basically a backup or platoon guy at and this, this point. Part, this part isn't his fault, but why Andy Green continues to put him in the three-hole baffles the shit out of me. Why does he bat him? I, I get it. If you want to make a lineup and say, okay, I'm just going to stack it with my best hitters and we'll use OPS you know, to figure out you know who's the better hitter. It's an easy way to do it. He shouldn't be batting in front of neither Villanueva or Cordero. Yeah. The lineup should be Margot, Hosmer, Cordero, Villanueva. I liked uh, Menzrea. <laughs> Menz, All his good stuff. Dude, He's. I was telling you guys before, I think he's my favorite follower on Twitter. He is he's amazing. so funny. But he puts something out there as if he was Andy Green. He's like, you're not going to call up your ass? Fine then. Fuck it. Jose Prell is in the three hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so great. Dude. That's what I mentioned with you know, when Green gets crapped on. It's like he doesn't control player personnel. He basically came out and said it. Yeah, I wish we had Urias right now. Honestly, I think that's the reason too why I don't like Perella is because I feel like he is the reason why we don't have um, Urias. Up yeah, because right he's not he's not killing him is the thing. He's he is performing at a, at a high enough. I use that term lightly. He's performing enough. Yeah. To where. You don't have to move. Like, he's not killing you. Like, they need to figure out, like, what they're going to do with Galvis. What's he slugging? 400? Uh, no, Barely? Like, no, I think I meant like 340-something. I mean, I I'm genuinely curious because I, I posted this about Hosmer last night. For guys like him and Perello, who their swings are very upper plane, like, they're they're all uppercut. Yeah. How do they roll over on so many balls? Perella's isn't, I actually don't think. I'd have to look it up. I don't know where to look up the stat cast data on and it. And it might just be his yeah. body because he seems to swing from his hips kind yeah. of thing. So it maybe looks like the bat's going up when he swings. Well, the, bat, the bat's naturally going to come back up once they're extended. So, yeah. it's, But I feel like Perella swings down. I know for a fact Hosmer does because he's got like a D Gordon-esque launch angle. Yeah. Um, so Hosmer for sure. But the thing with Hosmer is that he has proven to be able to have success. Yeah. You know, hitting that way. There's no real reason for him to change, despite how much I might want him to. Um, with Perella, it's like, I don't know what the hell you were doing last year that's different, but, boy, you, you need to figure it out. We need a launch angle coach for him because he's just beating the crap out of the ball into the ground. I just think but, it's time to move on from him, honestly. I do, too, but like I said, I don't think they don't because he's not killing him. He is slugging, like, 340, 350-something. But he's, he's got a 324 on base. Like, he's not he's not 10% below league average yeah. for a second baseman offensively. Like, that's not awful. And I feel like Galvis, I, to me, bothers me more. I feel like he's a bigger problem. Um, I wouldn't be against them bringing up Urias and just saying, hey, go play short for like mm-hmm. a couple of months and then we'll dump Urias. And you can not even over. a couple months. Like just, you you have Galvis, right? You're not going to dump him anywhere. The season's nope. lost anyways. Nobody wants We him. all know that. Bring up Urias, let him start at second, and let him give Galvis a day off every once in a while. Maybe I agree. That, maybe that will help Galvis get back on track. Maybe. maybe that and give him some diuretic from uh, Robinson Cano <laughs> and see uh, see if he can get this train rolling again. Um, H.J. Preller, uh, he wants to see if we should start or restart the idea for a GoFundMe for Danny to have a fun time at Adelita. Yeah, I'm down for that. The news is broken that Danny is once again a single dad. Unfortunately, and uh, thank you, uh, Angela and Liddy. I, I really appreciate you guys thinking that I get all these great matches on Tinder. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately, Temecula yeah. or otherwise. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the kind words, ladies, but apparently I'm not as hot a single dad as uh, you guys are making me out to be. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason we do a podcast and not a video cast, right? Yeah, that is that is very true. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, move on here. 
Um, oh, also, special thanks to Bobby Cressy, man. He wrote you a beautiful song. Oh, your... God. <laughs> you know, he actually trolled me because I legit thought, I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. What kind of piano riff did he come up with? Yeah. Or organ riff? And then I got the Price is Right <laughs> fail horn instead. God. That inspired me to use that for our intro. That was actually really good. I was at the gym when I heard about that. Thanks for that, Bobby. Um, yeah. and uh, Andy Mazzone at 13 Mazzone. He says, who gets Tommy John first? Myers, Lucchese, Hedges, or Gore? Oh, God, if it's, if it's Gore, I The beacon I of cry. hope, Mazzone is. <laughs> Um, no one's saying Renfro? Roy is. See, yeah, Roy said okay. he forgot someone. He has that Renfro oh, gift in there. Um, uh, dude, it, it could honestly very well could be Renfro. It could be. I'm going to go with Myers just because he's incredibly injury prone. He's like incredibly fragile. Yeah. He's had two full healthy seasons, which, you know, surprise, surprise, were two of his best years. We're never going to hear the end of it about him moving to the outfield if he has Tommy John. Oh, no. Yeah. He I- could... I mean, in all reality, he's going to throw the ball more as a first baseman than he would as an outfielder. Yeah. Well, but, I posted like my random you know, late-night Padres thought a couple weeks ago about Myers and his mysterious 20 pounds of mass that yeah. showed up over the winter. And like the arms, the upper body are not meant to just hold a bunch of extra weight because his legs are still scrawny. Yeah. He's still really no legs. He's all chest and legs. Or uh, chest and arms. Yeah, right. the, and the so core I, is where you want to put it, and the core and the legs is where you want to put the muscle on, I would imagine. And that's why, you know, he had the lat strain yeah. on, a, on a simple swing, you know. And if he makes a throw, like his, wasn't it like his tricep detached from the bone or some crazy yeah, shit? Yeah, he had like, some weird tricep injury right above his elbow. Yeah, it's just like it's only a matter of time before something just disconnects. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's a tear or just a... Kind of like my kneecap. Yeah. <laughs> Detaching from the bone reminds me of PV, brings back old memories, makes me sad. Yeah, misdiagnosis. Yeah. Um, speaking of our friends from Hell's Bells, they're, uh... Oh, so you're just not going to answer who you think's going to get... Oh, didn't I answer? <laughs> the Tommy I, thought I, said, uh, I thought I said Myers, because he's oh. injury prone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with Myers. Um, access from Roy. <laughs> Roy, hashtag hot I'm going to go with Obama. Reggie Lawson. You didn't ask me, but I'll go with oh, Reggie Lawson. You can go... I'll go off the board. He's not even on the list! I'll Why would you do board. that to me? Just to be a dick. I was so big on Reggie Lawson. Just Why would you do that? Logan Allen. Oh. Oh, I'm going to strangle the both of you. closer. We have Kevin Charity coming on a little bit. Maybe we'll ask him about Logan Allen. Yeah, he's in uh, double A right he's now. He's been doing he? well for the missions, so... He's, down. he's yeah. actually... He, you know, he kind of looks like left-handed Jacob Nix, so it's kind of cool that you know he's doing well since Nix has been down, but we'll get into that when we... Not bump charity later on, but Roy had a really good question. Uh, it's kind of sad. Will any of your listeners be alive when a Padre throws a no hitter? <laughs> oh boy! Well, if, unless my daughter's listening, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to say no on that. Yeah, yeah. One of them will be dead by summer. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that much, and everyone knows the. He's, uh, I believe he's in hospice now. <laughs> everyone knows who we're talking about yeah. when, when we say that. So uh, thoughts and prayers of drunk Flannery. <laughs> Liver disease, I yeah. Think. yeah, liver failure. No kidding. I hope Leisure fires around to see that. I, I, I really do. But um, who knows about that? One, one last one here because we gotta get Kevin in here. He just DM'd us said, "Hey, when the hell are we doing this?" Um, That's not exactly what he said. I, yeah. Uh, Chris, wrestling fan at Sportspring, he says, "Who's better karaoke performer, me or Craig Elston?" Oh boy, man, that one's tough. So uh, Friday night we went to the game. Um, I told you guys before we started recording. I didn't sit in my seats at all on Friday. So we were walking around, we were drinking beers, um, did the Padre Twitter meetup in between the innings, and the Padres were getting blown out. We were down like 9-0. to zero. And at that point, a few of them, uh, Craig uh, Elston, he goes, hey, uh, let's go do karaoke at Werewolf. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so uh, Rich and I, drunk Flan, our wives didn't want to go. So they're like, oh, we're going to stay here and watch the game. So it's kind of funny. Like, we left to go do karaoke, and they stayed to watch the game. But We know who the real man in this relationship is. Yeah, to say the least. But, dude, I'm sorry, Chris. Craig tore it down. 
Craig tore it down, man. I got on Snapchat too. Craig Elson singing up there, son of a bitch. <laughs> it was, uh, dude. He was getting the whole place rocking, and Chris did too. He did a great, a great job with the Backstreet Boys. But uh... <laughs> oh man, oh man, I would have loved to have gone up there and sing and uh, sync real quick. I do want to get one more in here from uh, our good old friend Ryan Barkley, of course, at Papa Bark. He made sure fuck off to Bark, remind man. us to ask these questions. So he said, uh, real quick, what can we expect from Franimal, Fran Mill? Oh yeah. Um, is Lauer MLB ready? And then he did also want to say, praise God, Headley was DFA'd. So, uh, what I expect from Fran Mill, it, assuming he gets enough at-bats, right? Because I think he should play every day. I would, I'm would, i all for benching Jankowski over him. Um, I think Fran Mill's going to give you league average offense. I think that would be that would be pretty productive. What about you, Hunter? What do you expect from Fran Mill? I expect, like, he's going to hit a really frustrating, like, 220, 225. He's going to have a lot of strikeouts. I think his walk rate is going to be surprisingly higher than people expect because his walk rate is pretty good in AAA right mm-hmm. now. It's higher than I think any of his previous stops in the minors. And he's going to hit some just ridiculous home runs. We talked Cordero about Cordero-esque home runs? Yeah, like we, we can see. Like I was in right field when Cordero hit that 460 mm-hmm. um, that one Saturday night. And like if, if you're going to go to a game in the next month or two, sit in left field. Sit <laughs> as far back in left field. Maybe Estrella Landing, I think, would be a good spot. And you have a probably like five to one chance of catching a Fran Mill Reyes home run. If it's gonna be a home run, it's gonna be there. Like, sorry. And uh, um, yeah, I I think the defense is gonna be. He's gonna leave a lot to to dream. To be on. desired. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's gonna be like a big gigantic Dominican Ryan Schimpf I kind of think like, <laughs> I like lots that. of walks lots of dingers and a ton of punches I'll take that what's like your take the on it outcome. I think Fran Mill is gonna provide one exception for glove guy that I have is if you're out in left field and you're glove guy then that I can kind of see that being okay because okay. you never unless know unless you're Zach Hample then you can get the fuck out <laughs> yeah I mean I'm trying here okay because I put out something on on uh, glove guy and I got kind of crushed on on Twitter Yeah, but that's the one guy I'll, I'll maybe give an exception it's like hey I'm ready for Fran Mill Reyes I brought my glove to a game one time when I went out with Eric and I got shit on for nine <laughs> innings so <laughs> yeah. never again yeah. not until I take my daughter when she's old enough um, Lauer Major League ready Hunter what do you think ah that's tough um there's really not much more you can do at AAA when you're a 22-year-old left-hander in your third year in the system. Like, it's your first go-around, you're putting up an ERA under four in the PCL. That's pretty great. And I think his K to walk was really solid. His strikeout rate in general was really good. It's just... He's underwhelming. He's like the lesser version of Joey Lucchese. It's yeah, like he's I would got agree. the command kind of under, you know, under control, and he's, his fastball doesn't move his breaking stuff or change-ups whatever it is it's kind of flat he's got to paint the corners kind of glavin-esque in a sense just but tom glavin doesn't play in 2018 yeah tom glavin doesn't win a side he's more yard. like wade leblanc with five extra ticks yeah. on the fastball i yep. think who went i think six shutty uh to quote our he's still Kevin pitching <laughs> he's like carved out a 10 shutty <laughs> you son think he... of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> he's carved out a nice career wade leblanc um, what do you think, Eric? Our MLB ready? I'm, I'm glad you brought up Wade LeBlanc because I think that's exactly what he's going to be. Yeah. The Padres Wade LeBlanc. Yeah. The one that uh, Kevin Towers <laughs> lost his shit and called Buddy Black and told him to send him to to, or to Portland on a fucking big wheel. Yeah. I think that's the Wade LeBlanc. I think Aaron he'll be Lauer better than that. I, I think that's his... I think I do like his control. That's his his control case. tells me that, that, you know, that plays. He so. had... I mean, he had a bad start, you know, against... Uh, I think he threw against St. Louis. But before that, we mentioned the Giants started, gave up three runs early and then settled down nicely, struck out seven through five. The next start he had was really good. 
His first Petco start wasn't. I think these are the ups and people want to see young players, but then they get mad with the young players. I don't know, mad, but they get frustrated. This is what you expect. Like yeah. the only guys in the system that maybe you can expect to just hit the ground running is Urias and maybe Tatis. Maybe that's it. All these other guys, a lot of these other guys, like you're gonna take some lumps. You know, we we were excited to see Lament and you know we took some lumps, particularly against lefties. So I think Lauer is major league ready. I agree with you, Hunter. I don't think there's anything else for him to do yeah. in AAA. It's just more of you know he's got you know to, to put it in our in in the light of our favorite uh, analyst on uh, the Padres there. He's the young man has to learn to pitch you know at the major league level. He's got to have the mentality of hitting his spots and learning the game of baseball. So yeah. um, I think he'll be fine as he develops and you know figures it out. We got to find out who runs that Sweeney Says page. We do. They are genius. Yeah. Absolute genius. That's one of my favorite Padres Twitter mysteries actually. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we'll get uh, Scooby Doo on it over here. Yeah, we got to figure that out. So we're gonna bring Kevin in in just a second. Uh, but again, Hunter, appreciate you coming on. You want to yeah. throw your Twitter handle? It's it's kind of a weird one there. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Uh, for no one that knows how to pronounce it, uh, Kopaking underscore Bird. So it's my last name: C O P P O C K I N G underscore Bird, like a bird. Yeah. And uh, or you can search Hunter the Beer Kid. I'm sure you're the easier. only one on there. And yeah. thank you, Darren Smith, for that name. If you ever stumble across this podcast highly unlikely yeah (laughs) i give him beer sometimes i'll tell him i'll tell him to listen oh Oh, thank you yeah we gotta have this guy on often so honored um but yeah i appreciate that you have any last words for uh the the uh hundreds and uh, tens of people that'll listen to this (laughs) um i just wanted to mention just by name leisure fryer um i want him to feel the honor Yes. Because I feel honored for saying his name. So <laughs> I know it's a dream of yours to be able to say the name Leisure Fryer on a Padre podcast. If you can't so. see it, I'm flexing my left arm. So. <laughs> yes, I is. love that. Who memed him, by the way? Who was the first to meme him? Some jackass. Me and Mens Rea, I think, were like right on top of that. Yeah. Oh, God. And I feel so bad because he did that as a happy birthday to me. Yeah. Like a happy birthday video to yeah. me. I wouldn't be shocked if it was uh, John Fryer underscore faithful. Because yeah. he's on top of that shit. Yeah. Like, He's he's real good with that shit too. So so um, good. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and get a little bit serious with uh, Mr. Big Time here. Yeah, um, we were able to pry him away from 1090. Yeah, from Ben and Wood. So we'll bring Kevin in in just a second. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. All right, and we are here with Mr. Because Big Shot himself, the uh, regular 1090 host. Of Mad Friars, Kevin Charity. We didn't bump you this week, so welcome back, Kevin. How's it going? Well, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, <laughs> it gets harder than a hoochie. <laughs> oh man! Well, it's it's great to have you back, pal. We said earlier well, that uh, no one else was available, so uh, yeah. I, I guess we'd bring you back in. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do your little you guys your guys show anymore because it's beneath me. But the last check you wrote me cleared, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Good. I, I hope you don't spend all that 50 cents in one place. Didn't clear out of my account. That would have overdrafted me. Yeah. So we had, um, you were on 1090 this morning again with Ben and Woods talking uh, a lot about the Chris Paddock interview um, that you had. Uh, was that last? That was just last week, right? Yeah. Uh, we got to go up there with you and we had a great time. Danny recorded the audio. I got the video that I'm going to post here uh, sometime tonight. But um, for those listeners who haven't, didn't listen to 1090, they don't follow Mad Friars, but they're listening to the podcast. First of all, I don't know how that ever happens. Yeah. yeah, what are you doing? But in case no one is aware, uh, tell us a little bit about that Paddock interview. Yeah, the young man was quite uh, quite awesome. No, honestly. Um, it was honestly, like I, like I told you guys after it did it, like I, th- I thought it went really well. Um, 
interviews are like one of those things where I still kind of, um, I feel like I'm still learning about how to do them and all the kind of idiosyncrasies of it. But he's one of those guys, like after interviewing him, I'd, I'd say, and then I've interviewed probably 25 guys, 30 guys maybe since I've been doing this. And that's probably up there just in terms of engagement and just kind of overall things that he said. I think the things I took away from it um, is that, you know, his outlook was extremely positive. Um, I think anytime you deal with adversity where you, you know, you're out for 21 months and you're not doing what you thought you were going to be doing or, you know, it's a long time. You know, a lot of people kind of, I would say, I wouldn't say wrote him off. But I think a lot of people, when they started looking at the farm system, kind of started talking about other guys. And even though he still should have been in the mix the whole time, um, but, you know, he had a really positive outlook on it. Um, just talked about, you know, that a lot of the big leaguer guys that were recovering from it, you know, like Colin Ray and, and Robbie Erlin kind of helped get through it mentally and physically um, with tips. And then just kind of talking about, you know, one of my favorite lines in the interview that he said is like, you know, until somebody can actually hit me, I'm not going to change my game plan. I think kind of spoke like he walked that one out of confidence, not really cocky, but I think, you know, the emergence of him, having a, a decent third pitch makes him a really big weapon. Um, kind of like what I talked about on Ben and Woods with it today is that um, he's a guy, even when they, they traded and hit for him, I always thought, well, I wonder if you stuck this guy in the bullpen. He kind of reminded me a lot of like, well, Matt in a sense where he may only have two pitches, but um, can be dominant in a role. But I think if he can really locate that third pitch and make it something that, you know, he can give a hitter another look, the second or third time on the order, I think, with the way he's throwing, I mean, if he can continue to stay healthy, I mean, I think he'll leapfrog a couple of guys. And, you know, when we sit down, when I sit down and do my top 10 or top 30 list again in October or November, whenever I do it, like he might be a guy that jumps into like top 10 or even top five. Yeah. that's real interesting because we were there and you, you know, I remember when he brought up the idea of, I want to beat a guy with my stuff until he shows he can beat it. And then I'll start, you know, mixing it up on the game plan. Um, other news going on uh, as we move away from Paddock, a guy you were actually pretty high on when you did your top 30 earlier uh, or late last year, earlier this year when we had you on, uh, Fran Mil Reyes, the Franimal. Uh, what, because there was a question asked of us, what can Padre fans expect now that Fran Mill's been promoted? Do you think it's going to be a long-term thing? Do you think he holds it down or a cup of coffee? And assuming he does get to play every day and for the rest of the year, what should Padre fans expect from Reyes going forward? Um. So I'll kind of answer the, the first part of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I honestly thought that the, the timing of his promotion is very strange. Um, I think you seem to have, obviously, Franchi Cordero is, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is kind of nailed down a spot. Margot wasn't the guy that was going to get demoted. You know, I think you guys did a really good job of kind of talking about his line drive race and how he's going to break out of it. And then Jankowski, who I'm not a huge fan of as a player, but he's been playing really well. And I think you kind of have a good mix of those three, three outfielders. And then you bring, you kind of throw Fran Mule into or in the wrench into it. And then, you know, now we're hearing Renfro is pretty close to going on a rehab assignment. So then when, you know, when, when Renfro comes back, you're going to have five outfielders for three spots. Obviously, you know, DH, nobody's going to play first and supplant Hosmer. So I thought the timing of it was really strange. Um, but that being said, I think one of the things, kind of comparing to him to Renfro, because I think they have a similar skill set where, um, I think Renfro is by far a better athlete. Uh, when you look at what they bring to the plate, Fran Mill Reyes actually has way better plate discipline. I think you talk about 
everybody kind of talks about Renfro's next, you know, maturation state being plate discipline. Fernando Reyes has always had about an eight to nine percent walk rate, and then this year in AAA it was closer to fourteen, I think. Um, and his strikeouts are twenty-one to twenty-five percent, meaning that you know he's making decent contact. So I think if that power that he has, you know, pro- projects with the plate discipline, I think he could be really what Renfro was supposed to be. Um, I don't think anybody ever thought Renfro was going to be like a superstar, but I think a lot of the comps that you always got him was like a Jay Bruce type where he's a guy that hits 260, you know, and, and has 30, 35 home run power. I think Franville can actually get on base different, you know, at a better clip. He's not going to be great defensively. Um, I think he's not a slow, not a slow lumbering guy, but he's definitely not a great athlete. But um, I think a best case scenario for him would be a guy that can hit 260 with some pop. Do you think, um, you know, kind of breaking it down like you just did between uh, the similarities with Fran Mill's game and Hunter Renfro's game, how basically it kind of sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like to me that uh, Reyes is what we hope Renfro can be, and he's also about five years younger. Um, so do you do you foresee there being a, a scenario to where Fran Mill plays his way into a role and maybe Renfro's just kind of cast off? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the fact that they promoted him, in a, in a sense, um, I wouldn't go go as far as to say it's a big fuck you to to Fran or to, to Renfro, but I mean, if you look at the timing of it, like Renfro, if he's going on a rehab assignment, he's probably to two to two away. You, Samuel wasn't on the forty man, so you had to basically put him on the forty man. They had the spot open with Jay Petley, but you basically committed to this guy saying, hey, like. We're going to bring you up. Maybe it's a two-week thing, and they send him back down after that. and Maybe it's to kind of get him to this time. But I think the fact that they didn't have to add him to the 40-man now, and they did, um, for me, if I were if, if, it, if I were a run for I would think it's kind of an ominous sign. Now, maybe that means that they, some other team likes Renfro. They can show that he's healthy, and maybe they dangle him for some type of pitching or – Maybe there's a prospect or something or lottery ticket, whatever you want to do. But personally, and again, this is not, I don't really have any insider knowledge on this specific thing, but it almost seems like I, I feel like if it could be the writing on the wall for Renfro because like they didn't have to bring Reyes up. You already had Jankowski up there. You have Matt Caesar. So you have guys, you have bodies up there that are somewhat serviceable. And like I said, Jankowski's been pretty good. So, the question is why bring him up when you have Renfro who's probably close to getting ready. And then eventually you're going to have Will Myers, hopefully. So I, yeah, there was a really interesting decision. Do you think um, at, cause it kind of crossed my mind. Do you think that this could be an audition of sorts for Reyes? Uh, like, you know, he's tearing up the PCL. The hope is maybe he comes in hot. Uh, he tears it up and he presents himself as a viable everyday option for another team at the major league level. Do you think there's any part of the team? And obviously, I mean, I'm, I know fully well that you don't have that much insider track on it, but uh, is there, do you think a part of the team that wanted to bring him up to kind of showcase what he can do? Cause let's face it. He's not really going to start over Myers. Uh, he's probably not going to start over Franchi. There's not really a spot for him every day. Right. I mean, that could be, I, I again, that, that would be a really good question. That, that probably would be more of a, I would imagine more of an off the record conversation. Cause I don't think anybody wants to go on record to say, yeah, we're, uh, bringing a 22 up who has immense power because we want to flip him for whatever. Um, 
it could have been a situation where they, maybe they wanted to take a little two-week, three-week window, whatever it is, to look at him. Um, he's a guy that if they really like, they would have had to add to the 40-minute roster anyway. Um, so this way, I mean, you have the flexibility to where, okay, if we're coming back, we want to give him a look, we bring Reyes down, and he's our first guy up should, you know, something happen. Um, I, and that's, it's a good question. I, I don't have a problem with him being forward. I just think that the, the timing is just strange. Personally, like, you know, going back to what my last point with Renfro is like, I, I think it could be just they want to see what they have in him and see if they really, is he worth committing a 40-man spot to? I, at this point, if you DFA him, he's going to get claimed. So, I mean, I, I would say at this point, you know, you can option him to AAA, but they're going to keep him on the 40-man for the foreseeable future. No. So I think it's just more of like, let's let's get a look at him. Yeah, you know what? What kind of concerns me also, just a thought that I had, is that um, this could be telling that maybe Myers' injury, like he's not coming back from that oblique anytime soon. Yeah, so, I was just going to mention that. If that, yeah, if you think that's oblique, like an ominous sign. Yeah, obliques are like one of those things that people have had them. So the only thing that they're pain, a they're painful as hell, and b the only thing that you can really do is like wait for it to stop hurting. Um, I know. If, I want to say. I want to. I want to say like Mike Cameron back in the day had it a couple of times and I think he missed like six to eight weeks with it. Um, so Myers has been on the shelf for a couple of weeks now. I think it's been something like that. So, I mean, I, I, I read something, um, I think it was in the Union Tribune. It might've been an AC article that they were hoping to get him back sometime around June, but that may be optimistic at this point. So, I mean, we're probably looking at maybe at the all-star break. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it, it's it, it tells you a number of things. It would be it would be something that I'd want to get more information on because I think, you know, I'm right now. I mean, you look at their forty man roster. They have like five catchers and they have like ten outfielders. Like that's like what they're for. They like and they have like no short. They have no backup shortstop. So they have like seven outfielders and like five catchers. So it's crazy. But yeah, I I, I I'm I'm, one, I'm curious. I want I want to see what happens. But yeah, I I would agree with that statement about Myers. Now, do you think, because like you said, Myers, I mean, he's locked in long-term, right? And he's not, there's right. no trade value right now, none. Um, he's moving back to the outfield. He, he's not on the field to produce, and he's long-term. So highly unlikely he gets traded. Do you see a realistic scenario that both um, Fran Mill and Renfro get traded? And if so, what's their value? I mean, what would what would be expected to come back in a trade like that if they had to move both of them once Myers comes back? Because Framil can't, I, I'd um, imagine he can't ride the pine. Yeah, I don't. I don't honestly know what their trade value would be. Um, just, and this is going to be a speculative answer. I think Renfro. You look at their value. Renfro's trade value right now is probably not. Is obviously not a peak. So Renfro would be a scenario where I think some other team sees, hey, you know, we got this guy that potentially could hit 30, 35, even forty homers, but is going to strike out a ton and apparently doesn't play good defense. Maybe he's worth a lottery ticket. Um, I don't think they're going to get. They're not going to get back like a top guy for him by any means. No, I wouldn't um, expect it. Yeah, like maybe they get some guy like a controllable pitcher that's kind of in the same spot on the team. Like uh, if some team has a cat, you know, a pitcher that's on the you know on the forty man roster, it's kind of on the fringe of it. Maybe they do a trade like that. Fran Mill, it, it's hard to gauge because I think part of the reason why you didn't see him get taken in the forty man is because. He's really only a corner outfielder. I think outside of Jabari Blash, most of the guys that you see going to Rule 5 guys that people stash are guys like Delano DeShields and Jake Cave and um, a few others, the guys that can play center and a little bit more speedy. 
So I don't think that Reyes has, like, I don't think you're going to... Now, maybe he has value in terms of, like, let's just say they decide to go out and get a picker. They say this this offseason we need to go out and we need to find ourselves an established pitcher, and they put Reyes in a package with, like, a nailer or you know, even a Quantrill or somebody like that. I think he can be an attractive piece in that sense, but I, I, I don't see him being, like... A headliner of any any significant deal. Yeah, I I completely agree there too. It it's kind of it's not the most ideal situation because you don't really want to move these guys because their value isn't the greatest. But at the same time, I think the writing is definitely on the wall. So I mean, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see there. And with Reyes too, yeah, with Reyes too. I mean, you don't, he's got options now. He's on the forty man. True. So you don't have to trade him. Jankowski, you don't have to trade him. Renfro, you don't even have to trade him. But I think. At the same time, you know, you only have three outfield spots. You seem committed to Margot. Franchi has been killing it for the most part. Um, you know, there's only so many times, how, so many, so long you can keep him in AAA. I mean, you know, they can put them both down there in AAA and they can win another championship and learn how to win again. But <laughs> other than that, you know, there's no need. I don't think there's any sense of urgency to have to move them at all. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, staying on the topic of position players, um, there's a couple of things. Um, actually, one question here from uh, our Padres Twitter segment that we put out there that we wanted to save for you. It's from Arturo Alvarado um, at underscore AAA87 underscore. He says, after Urias gets called up, Tatis is all that's left on the farm. Um, Tatis is all that's left on the farm that can make an impact on the field with the question mark. So it's it, it's not the best phrased question but um essentially after urias gets called up there's just tatis who else do we have to look forward to position player wise whether it be higher in the system or lower in the system that we can start to get excited about uh, moving forward um yeah there's a kid that was in elsewhere last year that i saw his name is boomer white um he's a great no that's great um yeah i mean if, if you start going in proximity to, to, to petco i mean after urias there's not a whole lot in triple a i mean javier guerra fart noise um, <laughs> from there, I mean, if you go to double A, I mean, you got probably three or four guys position player wise that are interesting. Austin Allen behind the plate. Um, it's kind of cooled off a little bit, but I mean, he's a good hitting catcher with some pop. Um, Josh Naylor has been the revelation, I think of the, of the season so far. Um, so he's kind of stopped hitting for power. He's, he's kind of been stuck on eight homers for a while. Um, but David Jay was just out there in, in San Antonio and talked about, you know, he's getting the pitches now this year that he wasn't getting to last year. Um, the thing that you, when you look at Naylor is Naylor doesn't strike out. His strikeout rate is under 10%, um, which for a guy with the kind of power he's been hitting for is, is just amazing. Um, high, you know, he's walking more than he strikes out and he's slugging like, I think 680 or something crazy like that. It might even be higher than that. Um, so Naylor I mean, Naylor's a guy that I I like his bat. I like, you know, he's got great hands at the plate. Um, he's got more power, you know, he's, he's tapping into his power. He's getting the pitches he didn't get to. I think he's being, not to use a cliche, like selectively aggressive. I think he's doing a better job of being aggressive in the strike zone and hammering the pitches you should hammer. Um, so he's a guy that if he keeps hitting like this, I mean, they're already trying to kind of work him in the left field a little bit just because of that bat. I mean, he's a, he makes he, – long for the for the DH in the National League because I, I really think he's going to hit and he's not a guy that I'd want to trade. Um, obviously, Tatis has been hitting. He's, he has two home runs tonight, actually. 
Oh, um, nice. He's been hitting a ton down Eat there, it, striking out, <laughs> striking out, striking out like a mo. But you know he's hitting. Um, another guy that's kind of, again, not a big time prospect, um, but all the guys like Ty France. So Ty France, thirty fourth round pick out of state, um, is hitting like two sixty, but he's got like over four hundred on base percentage. He's actually, I think, he's been hit by a pitch like fifteen or sixteen times this year, wow. which is just crazy. So and he walks, and he's got he's hitting for more power this year. Guy that plays first and third, um, again, a guy that I don't think is going to be a star, but he could be like a really good kind of utility corner bat bench type of guy that with some pop that gets on base, um, you know. And one of the things like and the that they're they're uh, play to play Mike Siri I point out is like he's hitting like two sixty this year, but his bat pip is actually like way below his like standard so even though he's got a 400 on base percentage he's been unlucky so the fact is you know he he you can expect maybe him to hit a little bit more um from there you know in elsinore there's not i mean buddy reed's kind of cooled off after a really hot start uh, luis torrens has had a good year that you know if in a pinch maybe he comes back to to catch you know if some guys get hurt um you know hudson potts is probably a, is probably pretty far away i think he's still striking out a lot Corey Onya hasn't really hit for a lot of power. He's having a decent year in Elsinore. So, I mean, those are guys that I think proximity-wise, I mean, I don't really think the guys in Fort Wayne qualify. Though there's a there's a ton of them, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I I would say if you're going to say the the next wave, the closest guys to to San Diego that could come up, I think you got to go Naylor one, Austin Allen two, Tatis three, just because I think you know, entire France, I'm going to go four, just because I you know he's a guy that's low key. Um, interesting to me. Yeah, I, I can hear, I can see that too. Now, um, we've we've kind of gone back and forth about it, but what about Urias? Like, what what the hell are they waiting for? Um, I, I think they like probably. I don't I don't know. I think he's been a little inconsistent. He's had some ups and downs. Um, I think they they just want to wait for the moment to where he's ready. Um, that they don't want to send him back down. So I think for me personally, I don't really mind the fact that he's not up right now. Um, personally, and you know, I know that people like Perella, but I, I, at least with the Swahi, I'd rather see him get at bats just because he could be something. Um, you know, I, I think it's probably good that they send, and then they brought him back up today with the injury to Lucchese, but you know, maybe he can go down and play some third. Um, he can't play shortstop, so I don't know how much value he has as a utility guy. I'd like to see him at least play some second to see if, if you have anything there. I think you kind of know what you have in Perella. Um, but I think I, I, I could see a scenario where he comes up. I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the next couple of weeks. Um, I just think that, you know, looking at his batting average and kind of looking at how things are, um, you kind of see it go up and down where he goes, he's had some hot and cold stretches. Um, I think he just needs to be a little bit more consistent. And I think that's kind of when they'll bring out, I definitely think he'll be up before the year's over. The sooner, the better, man. Cause I'm dying to see him, but I guess I'll try to remain patient. I've been patient long enough, but we we'll see about that. Um, Tyler Trenga, this is one more kind of he got it in. Well, not really a buzzer beater after the buzzer, but uh, since we have you here uh, at tea time six one nine, he wanted our thoughts on uh, the tweet on what the scout had to say about McKenzie, Mackenzie Gore. So we kind of talked about this before we started recording with you. You seen the tweet? But I'll read it for those of you that haven't. Uh, scout at Fort Wayne had this to say regarding Mackenzie Gore: ninety four to ninety five fastball with average life. 
Command was scattered, but should be average in future. Fringy breaking ball with a plus changeup as a go-to pitch. Future number four starter with the chance for a little more. Um, what, what What's your take on that? Um, You know, I haven't seen Mackenzie Gore firsthand, so it's really hard to, like I said, it's really hard for me to comment on on that. Plus, you know, like I said, I obviously have a pretty strong interest and knowledge of the system, but I don't really consider myself a scout. Um, you know, I see the same shit that anybody who would go out to Elsinore would see for the most part. You know, so it it goes against everything that's in the draft because it, you wouldn't say a guy who has a fringy breaking ball, um, you know, a good changeup and spotty command his fastball would be worthy of a number three pick and would be a top thirty prospect, um, which he is. Um, like I said, he was a guy that last year that came out was considered by you know Jim Callis and a few other people I saw as the number one high school player that got drafted, um, even ahead of like Hunter Green and, and Royce Lewis. So um, I think maybe – and you look at Ford's numbers. He, you know, he's got an area at 10 right now. I mean, he's only thrown a handful of innings, but he's gotten roughed up in his outings. He's shown swing and miss ability, but he hasn't been consistent yet. Blame the blister. Blame whatever you want. Um the fact that he, you know, got to understand he's also in high school this time last year. So he's still very, very young, even for that level. Um, not to make excuses for him, but I think I'm not ready. If I redid my list, like I had him at number two when I did mine, I'd still have him at like number two. I don't think I'm going to bump him down just because one scout thinks that he looks like a number four. I think it's just one of those things. Let's wait and see. Um, you know, I, I, that's one report. If we get more that are consistent and they're from, you know, as he's and he goes through the, through the season, and his ERA is still over ten. Um, you know, everybody that saw him in the Arizona League last year thought, thought that he was like going to be a number one or number two starter. So I, I, I'm not, I don't put any stock into it. I just let's see more. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you. I think there's enough information scouting wise out there to probably think this guy's just really low on him. Um, whereas the consensus seems to be still top 30 league-wide. Um, we really do appreciate you coming on, Kevin. I know you're all big Hollywood now, mainstream radio personality, so we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy day. Before uh, we do let you go, is there anything coming up on Mad Friars that you want to pimp out or that uh, you want to let uh, the our loyal listeners know about that they can look forward to on the website? Um. Yeah, I mean, we I posted the Chris Paddock interview I did yesterday, so... Uh, um, that's that's up now the interview um i would imagine at some point this week um i will get around to posting the buddy reed one that i did on the, at the same time same day um david j was just in texas uh with san antonio um so you'll see some stuff there um travis has been killing it with on-site coverage in fort wayne um he had some comments from mackenzie gore last night after a start and did kind of a little post-game interview with Nathan Thompson, who's been throwing the ball really well down there. Um, John, I think, is getting ready to go on another trip in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, as the season's progressing, we're going to keep getting coverage. My goal is to hopefully get up to Elsinore in the near future when Paddock or Baez is one of those guys is pitching. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to – I think we've done a good job of uh, really increasing the kind of on-site coverage this year. So, hopefully, people are checking it out. Subscribers are – are coming in so if you don't have a subscription it's 495 a month or 40 bucks for a year and uh, yeah you should subscribe because you're going to get the best coverage we're not going to break 
Fernando Reyes uh, promotions, apparently. But, um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've become close personal friends with Chris Craddock's dad on Twitter. And uh, we're going to go to the Golden Corral Lake Elsinore. So if you guys want in, let's go. Oh, he's not taking you to the KFC buffet? I know that's a dream of yours. You should tell 1090 to copy that if they want to keep coming, uh, yeah. keep having you on. That's one of those things where, like, you know, obviously I'm I'm not the smallest guy in the world, and I feel like if I go at the KFC to see it's KFC buffet, it's like the final admission that I'm truly just a just disgusting fat ass. Uh, <laughs> I have refrained. That, so I'm I, I'm tempted, but. If it was a Popeye's buffet, I'd already be dead. I'm just like, just look the chicken to my veins. <laughs> That's great. Hey, you know, one one last thing that I wanted to uh, ask you there. I know we, we make fun of you all the time for going on uh, 1090 with Ben and Woods, but um, have one two-part question. One, have you seen your follower count go up from that? Um, and then two, what's the coolest part uh, about going on with them? Um, yeah, fuck off. I just hung up on him. <laughs> I just wanted to throw it out there to fuck with him. What a jerk. I can't believe you just did that. Wow. I love Kevin. I am not proud of you at all right now. I cannot believe I host a show with you. I know. After such a dick move. I know. Jesus Christ. We love Kevin around here. So uh, check, wow. him out. <laughs> check him out on Twitter at CharityK619. Uh, check wow. him out. Their site, madfires.com. Uh, ch- Check them out at Mad Friars on uh, Twitter on site coverage. Uh, assuming sure, we even get any guys on after that bullshit stunt. Make sure you wow. guys make sure you guys subscribe. You're real proud of yourself over there, aren't I you? I am. Real I proud am. of yourself. The whole time he was talking, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna get this guy. So um <laughs> Oh premeditated? Yeah, it was. Oh god. We'll probably get a DM from him here and say, Hey, what happened, guys? I'll be like, oh, I don't know, he lost connection. <laughs> uh, but again, thanks again to uh, Kevin for coming on. Uh, we'd like to have him on again next week. I know we always joke about bumping him off the show, but we love having him on. He's a close personal friend of ours. Yes, so. he is. Um, that's about it for this week. Until next week, guys, we will uh, check out. <laughs> he just DM'd us. Yeah. <laughs> so I got hung up on. Um, but yeah, hey, we'll check in with you guys next week. We're out of here.